Have you been enjoying the adventures of our characters in Rumble Squad and Serviceable Plots? Or getting into the nitty-gritty rules for 5th edition? Support us on Patreon. By contributing as little as $1 a month, you'll get to hear exclusive content and updates before anyone else. Our higher-level patrons get access to DMs notes, outtakes from our episodes, and even a chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. Yes, you can hear our silly, out-of-character shenanigans, and even cause some of your own by influencing the story. Our producer-tier patrons listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to our producer-tier patron, Matt Fry, for serving as a producer on this episode. We also want to thank our adventure-tier and above patrons for their support this month. So thank you, Feral Joe, Grimfuse, and a Linux fan. To join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. By joining our patrons, you enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. And if you're not able to support D&D Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Before we begin, I just wanted to give thanks to our most recent iTunes reviewer, Mark. Thank you, Mark, so much for the positive review. I'm glad you're enjoying the show so far. We do try to keep things kind of on a balance between being, you know, serious and dramatic, but having some lighthearted bits too. So I'm, I'm glad you really do appreciate that balance there. So thank you again, Mark, for your very kind review. We really appreciate all of the support that everyone gives us. But now on to the show. Next week will be Serviceable Plots, episode 24. Join us now for Rumble Squad, episode 23, A Smudge on Your Shield. With me today are the following players. I am Chris, and I'll be playing Orc Fireforge, the Hill Dwarf Forge Cleric. Hi, I'm Jane, and I will be playing Nissa Turin, the Gnome Arcane Trickster Rogue. I'm Nick, and I will be playing Leuven Cromdell, the Half-Elf Alchemist Artificer. Hey, I'm Rachel, and I'm playing Elaine Fox, the Human Barbarian Druid. Last time, Nyssa was called away from the Rigorum in order to help an old friend back in Orenthal, while the rest of the party began their exploration of the ruins of Neverhelm. They learned that much of the magic in the ruins seemed to be degraded and encountered some rust monsters that were very hungry for Oryx armor. After defeating the beasts, the party pressed on to the throne room, where they heard creepy whispers coming from the throne. After lighting a brazier, the whispers intensified, but the party lit the second brazier and found themselves confronted by a strange spectral creature before it came at them. Meanwhile, Nissa and Eren used a small magic crystal to suddenly teleport out of the Rigorum in their journey towards Orenthal. As Eren says, I hope you enjoy your present, and breaks the orb. You feel your body squished and stretched and pulled briefly, very intensely for a split second. The air rushes back into your lungs as you find yourself in a fairly simple room plain wooden walls, sounds of some people outside the room, but overall a plain wooden door in front of you, and bare wooden walls as Aaron is still there, clutching your hand. Okay, I've never used that before, but I think we're back. She's looking around like, I've been here once, and then they gave me the crystal that lets me do the 
bam thing bit that lets me come back here and it's an all or nothing thing and I can only take one person. So, hi. That was some trip. That was a big distance. We're actually just like five days outside Orenthal. Oh, only five. Okay, cool. Only five. Well, I mean, you know, Orenthal has so much... Actually, I don't know if you know, but Orenthal has like so many protective wards and spells and all of that to protect from like extra planar and teleportation and basically that way people can't just poof i'm in the city good to know i wasn't actually really aware of that it's all because of the cataclysm and i mean daryl being you know from orenthal he was like i'm gonna protect the city so yeah he did a lot of protective spells with the staff federation and other members of zoxiara's kind of working in joint in order to kind of protect everything and big smile (laughs) (laughs) makes sense i don't know all of the wards i know a lot of them are really advanced and i'm not anywhere near there yet but yeah it's impressive i can imagine i think it would blow my tiny mind that's for sure just nods please tell me you do rest too you don't stay up all night doing all the history and magic nerd stuff do you no 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 no. i, I wouldn't even know where to start with some of that i just uh, there's so much there i know what you're like though so i'm just checking okay so some nights i stayed up but not every night not every night otherwise you know i would just like pass out in the middle of casting a spell or something and i can't have that because i have jobs to do oh we should probably start heading out this is more just like an emergency place for members of staff federation but it's in a small town it's called moonbright it's west of orenthal but yeah Cool. Well, that answered my next question. I was about to ask where exactly are we? Yes. Little town called Moonbright. It's mostly just like, well, I think they're near some ruins that were around here at some point, but they've all been discovered or there's no more big digs or whatever that whole thing is. But yeah, this was dealt with a while. So now it's primarily like a farming town. They sell little knickknacks or something that they claim are from the ruins, but I think everything of actual worth from the ruins are not here anymore. Sorry, my mind's wandering. (laughs) We should go. It's been an intense few days, and plus the 20-ish days before that of travel. How did you... And she's kind of going to start to go to the door and like put an arm like around your shoulder and kind of like start to lead both of you out. How did you actually like get... Like, ah, all those woods. Why? I know, right? Me and woods and nature, it's not exactly... Ugh. So much walking, so many creatures, just... Ugh. Well, I mean, Oscar's okay, so he's the only creature that you need to deal with. But exactly. Oh my gosh, just... There's were like all of these different wolves and... The, the tiger thing? Pers- I, what? <laughs> druid? Was that a druid? I could have sworn I saw a tiger like on one or two of my days there. Yeah, there was a tiger that could turn into a person, then back to a tiger again, and then a person again, and yeah, yeah. It's, okay, because mm-hmm. the tiger was creepy, because it seemed way too smart to be a tiger. Yeah, that was that was tiger person. Yeah. Tiger person, okay. Mm-hmm. And as you're leaving out, you notice, like, this is just actually just a little small room that's beside what looks to be a barn. You see lots of little animals and chickens and off in the distance a few cows and stuff like that as you begin to make your way out. You see a few, like, curious looks towards your direction. But for the most part, people kind of just go about their business. It seems like there's maybe a general idea like, okay, this might happen on occasion. So Aaron kind of starts to like look up at the sky for a second this way and starts to walk off towards a road you see off in the distance and begins to travel along with you. So five days. (laughs) Actually, you and I haven't spent a lot of time on the road together, really. Not really. Mainly in the city. 
this will be fun. We'll get to travel yeah. and actually like just talk. And you know what? We haven't actually caught up that much on everything that's been going on. I mean, yeah, we talked about like what was happening immediately because you had the whole like little crystal that you could see things from far away and then you were the dwarf person, but <laughs> not the dwarf, actual dwarf. It was a special, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, she is going to talk your ear off. I will fill her in as much as I can in between her talking. <laughs> okay. For the most part, you fill her in on kind of just everything since she's left. Yep. And she'll tell you that a lot of what she's been doing has been a focus on trying to gain some spells here and there. She has been kind of pushed towards a little bit of just some divination magics, but for the most part, her primary focus has been on illusion magics, just because she's always found those more fun. Yep. Good for pranks. But, you know, stuff like identify, detect magic, it's kind of like a requirement within the Staff Federation that they at least know those spells and know how to do them, so she had to learn those. But illusory magic's always fun. She has one that she would love to show you, but it's a little bit intense. It's hypnotic pattern. It's big and it's impressive and, well, a lot. Lots of pretty colors and imagery, and it can make people just kind of like start standing still and drooling. It's really funny. Drooling? They just like stare off in the distance and it's like, <laughs> uh, it's really fun to use. But it takes a lot. And and she pulls out from her component pouch, you see this little crystal vial of some sort of like phosphorescent type of material. And she, so I use this and it, fortunately, I just need it. It doesn't consume it. That's good at least. Now with also sending, I can just and I get the message across and it's actually really a lot of fun but I can just use and she pulls out this little copper wire I can just use this which is the same as my short range message spell that we used to use when we used to need to communicate quietly to each other she kind of mentioned a lot of the different spells that she has of course she got some of the disguise self she has a spell that can make it look like she's in a couple places all around her spot not actually in her spot actually and she starts to kind of like think for a second as she starts to flip through her spellbook, which you recall is still just as worn, just as old, like pages have definitely been stuffed in there. Well, this will work for a bit. So I can make our journey a little bit easier. Not today. It'll have to be tomorrow. No, I can do it today. If you're willing to wait for like 11, 12 minutes. Sure. But how are you making the journey easier? She puts the book down and has a bunch of pages out and just, this would be cool. This was a new spell I got to learn. Well, right before I did the sending spell, they were trying to, they wanted to make sure in case we needed to move like longer distances. But anyways, and she starts to focus and begins an incantation. I'm just going to keep an eye out while she's doing it. Just make sure no one's approaching us or anything like that. But I'm also kind of keeping an eye on her and watching her do it at the same time. See what she's doing. Okay. So you see a few people kind of just like, Stop and look over in your direction, confused, because you guys were walking and then suddenly stopped in the middle of the road. She's praying. Don't mind her. It's just fine. Okay. <laughs> they wander off. And after this, releases a spell. And as she does, mist begins to swirl in a spot about 10 feet from you. As it forms and coalesces, you see slowly appearing hooves, four legs, and then the body of a horse. Whoa. And you're looking at it, and it looks like a horse. It's equipped to be a riding horse, but there's, like, almost this semi-translucency to it. What happens if I try and touch it? Like, is there something that actually there? So you go and touch it, and there is resistance to it, but not as if it's fully physical. 
So I did it so that we can ride this for one hour and we'll go a lot faster. Yes, let's do it. All right. That's really cool. She hops up and offers a hand and helps to pick you up and up onto the horse and you begin to make your way along. Nice. Along this five days of travel, is there anything specific you would like to talk to Aaron about? I'd just make fully fill her in like on everything that did happen out there and I'd probably if we hadn't already had this conversation then I would probably confess to her about bye and fill her in on that. Okay. I'll be honest with you. If it were me I'd do the same thing. Really? I'm a super powerful entity as long as basically I was really focused on like what are the specifics of this deal. Also who is this Vashti person? I mentioned before if she wanted to warn people about the whole her name thing then she should have just said, like, oh, super powerful fae lady is there and might do something. Yeah, right. I'm kind of getting really tired of people telling us, like, just tiny little bits of things and then there's this huge story that they don't tell. I definitely won't do that. Good. I don't have any big secrets. I mean, there's this staff federation. I'm just a part of it. I'm, an, I'm a little, little member. You're just a part of it. Come on. I'm a little member. Look at you talking to No comment. <laughs> I may be a little in size. My attitude is really big, though, so watch yourself. Hey, we've known each other years. I know how big your attitude can get. <laughs> Good, just you remember that. Yeah, I'm just a watcher for the Staff Federation. That's just my ranking, so... For now. You're going to work your way up there. I know you will. You're going to run that place one day. Come on. Be the leader of Daryl's Mages. Why not? Come on. Think big. Maybe one day. Well, have you reported any... I mean, I, I figured you reported a bit... While you were in Essentias, but have you told them anything? Some. I need to go report in, though. Yeah. I know the debrief and then figuring out what the next job is that Lyle gave the Staff Federation. What kind of job would Lyle have? Like Lyle doesn't usually involve himself with people at the Staff Federation, so it's got me really curious. It must be a joint venture or something. Yeah. Whatever it is, they're going to want to talk to me for a bit. I mean, we'll have a couple of days at least in Orenthal, so... Cool. I will be able to hang out with you the whole time, but at least, you know, we'll have some time. Yay! Before we need to venture off on the next job, because I could use the help. Well, you've got it. You know that. You know you can call on me anytime. So we're going to jump back over to Oric, Elaine, and Leuven. As you guys just see this humanoid smoky figure rise up out of the throne and come towards you. Elaine, you were ready for this. You were set to go knowing something was coming. And you see this wispy humanoid form kind of rise up. Its attention focused on the two figures, Auric and Demean, who are closest to the throne. Okay, so I'm going to drop the torch about 20 feet to get back over to where it's at. Stepping up in front of Demean. Just primal savagery attacking. So a 23 to hit. 23 hits. Five points of acid damage. You run towards the edge of the throne. As you do, your hand goes into claws again and swipe at it, carving through its form. It almost feels like you you half pass through, but the acid does take hold. Not as much as you were expecting. Do I still have a bonus action? You do. Rage. Luvin. I'll move forward about five feet toward the throne, and that puts me in range to pull out an acid vial and chuck it at this spirit. That's a 12. That is a fail. Okay. What's your damage? Five. It doesn't seem to hurt it as much as it should have. 
as the acid splashes across his form. The glass does kind of crack against the throne as it splashes across it and just as its wispy form continues to end in trails and focus on all of you. I am also going to cast Shield of Faith on Elaine. Okay, so Elaine, your AC goes up by two. Now it's the spirit's turn. This whole time, it's constantly been doing these little whispers. All of a sudden, it just starts speaking faster and louder as it howls into the area. Leuven, Auric, and Demean all take 13 points of psychic damage and are stunned. Elaine, you take six and are not stunned. So it's going to float. Do I get an attack of opportunity? You do get an attack of opportunity. If yeah, taking that. So you draw your scimitar and swing. 21 to hit. 21 hits. What's the damage? Four points of slashing damage. Nice. So you swing and it does cut through. Again, not dealing as much as you would expect, but you do deal damage to it. Its form like dissipates a bit as it just tosses off to the side. But you do need to make a concentration check, Luvin. So can you make a con saving throw for me, please? The save was 19. You're still maintaining concentration on the Shield of Faith on Elaine. But Demean is stunned. Auric is stunned. Auric, you are now no longer stunned at the end of your turn. Elaine, it is your turn. As I shimmy on up here, I am going to transform into... Let's go with an axe beak. All right. Luvin, you are stunned. You are now not stunned at the end of your turn. It is going to reach out and try and touch you, Elaine, which it does hit. So it reaches out and slips through the divine shield that was cast before you and seems to like head's hand passes through you and a bolt of pain echoes into your mind as you take 18 points of psychic damage. You have one more HP as an axe beak before it shifts out. That does bring us to Domine, who is shaking his head in confusion and fired two shots at this thing with his longbow. So two arrows go out. One like passes right by what looked like its shoulder for a second, but seemed to just miss it. The first one though, like carves through its form and it dissipates in that spot for a moment before reforming. Auric, you are up. I will cast Sacred Flame at him. As you release this radiant energy, he shifts. He seems to disappear from the spot as a blast of light goes and reforms. And it looks like he just barely avoided it. That's all I got. Okay. Elaine, back to the top of the round. 22. 22 hits. Nine points of damage. So you bite into his form and tear away part of this spectral bit. Its arm takes a little bit longer to reform this time. Can I squawk loudly in its face? <laughs> sure. Luven, you are up. I'm shimmying around toward Elaine, trying to stay close so that it doesn't reach out at me. I'm like, uh, drink up, Elaine. Nice. I'm also going to now shimmy back. Back to where you were? Yes. Okay. So you kind of circle around like, feed Elaine, shimmy back. Yes. And also using now my bonus action, I produce another. Okay. So you produce another healing draught as you are squaring off. It is its turn. Does not get its ability back. It is going to do something else though. I need Elaine, Leuven, and Damien will have to make a wisdom saving throw. Eight. Twenty. Leuven, you take ten points of psychic damage, and it's a good thing you moved, 
because instinctively you suddenly want to strike at the nearest person to you that's not the creature, but there is no one within melee range. Oh, wow. And the same thing goes with Damien. Oh, Luvin, uh, concentration check for me. 16. You maintain concentration. Damien is going to shift a little farther because he doesn't like this, and he's going to fire a little bit clearer line of sight, two more arrows. All right, so two arrows go out and just its form dissipates in two spots. Auric, it is your turn. I am going to cast Sacred Flame on it again. So you blast free energy, it just shifts and reforms back in its spot. That's all I got. Okay. Elaine. Rinse and repeat, bird squawk. Attack roll with advantage, because Luvin is not stunned. And it might even have a dagger drawn. So 20 to hit. 20 hits. You're noticing it's not super difficult to hit. 11 points of damage as the beak comes down and pecks it on top of the head. Okay, so carve into its form. You can almost feel like you're taking a chunk out of it like you normally would with your beak, but it just disappears into nothing in, in your mouth beak. And it just reforms slowly in the spot and just, you notice like part of it for a second doesn't reform and it just pulls back and it's holding, it's holding, but just, just barely. You guys hear what sounds like the equivalent of a laugh from the bird. Yeah. As I'm like mocking it. <laughs> wow. All right. You're hearing, share secrets, kill, kill. As it's trying to hold its form. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad I can help with the sound effects. <laughs> All right. Unless you have any movement. Nope. All right, Luvin, you are up. I pull another acid vial and throw it at the nearby spirit. You throw it, and you thought you had it dead on, and the vial almost hits Elaine as it flies over her head and crashes behind Orc. And I'm drinking my vial. <laughs> 13 back. All right. It is its turn. Luvin, Elaine, and Damien, I need wisdom saving throws. 18. Six. The dice want you to stay as an axe beak, Elaine. You take four points of psychic damage. <laughs> and there's a brief moment you see Elaine like just turn towards you, Auric, and go and snap, but snaps the air in front of you, and your head clears immediately after Elaine. Well, bird shake. So it's going to pull away from you, Luvin. If you have a melee weapon, you can try and strike at it. I do believe I have a... Oh, actually, I have a light hammer. So, make an attack roll. That is a 23 total. Okay, and what's the damage? Three. So you swing, you catch it, like, squarely. And to you, you swung it really hard. With its resistance, it took one point of damage. So it's going to start floating back to the throne, but it hasn't disappeared into the throne yet. So it is hovering above the throne right now. But it is Demean's turn, and he can't see it super well, so he's going to fire two shots. So he fires and just tears through part of its shoulder. You see it, like, trying to... It looks like it's about to try and go into the throne. Auric. I'm going to try and do Sacred Flame once more. DC 14. I rolled a 13. So five radiant damage. How do you want to do this? Yay! As it's hovering over the throne, just from up above it, radiant flames come down and purge it, reducing it to smoldering ash. As Auric reaches divine energy calls upon Yadamine, and a burst of light hits its form that dissipates into nothingness. You are out of initiative. Do we still hear the whispers? No. I was gonna say, has anything else changed in the room since the second brazier was lit? It's much better lit. Okay. The main thing you notice, though, is the light's kind of helping with the opaqueness of the glass, and it looks like there might be a tunnel behind it. 
Can y'all come take a look at this? I think I see a tunnel. I will inspect the glass. All right, that's investigation. And that one, total eight. Some solid glass. I'll go over and assist Leuven with the glass and take a look at it. Investigation if you're checking out the glass. Four. It's not metal. It's not metal. I can say that. Demi kind of steps up. You touched the glass before then, huh? Right, that's what happened. And then I was transported, but it looks a bit different than I did before. Squawk! Points to the hole in the floor where the key went. Right, you told me a little bit about this. You used a key and then unlocked the whole thing, but... I mean, any points to Leuven? You've already determined, like, a lot of the magic seems to be gone from this place, right? Unfortunately. Well, you said there's, like, a tunnel on the other side of the glass? From what I can tell, it looks like there's one at least. It could be an illusion. I would like to investigate the glass as the bird, though. I mean, it's your intelligence, so yes. Sixteen! Seems like if you push it on the glass a little bit, you could probably just, like, nudge it open. I will do that. Takes a little bit of pushing. You hear, like, this slight clip, and then it slide slightly across the ground at certain points, and beyond is a tunnel. You see proud little bird like... Demean has a hand to his face. (laughs) Okay, down the tunnel. Well, before we do that, do we want to take a moment to gather our breath? That's fine by me. I could use a little breath of a rest. Yeah, we can do that. I I will shift back out then. Leuven, would you mind giving me one of them healing drops? Here you go. I I could use one if you don't mind. Okay, this is the last one we can use for a while, but hope it helps. Appreciate it. So does Leuven need more healing? Demean puts a hand on your arm, or he's like, don't worry, I have a few spells. And he goes over to you, Leuven, and you see him cast Cure Wounds. You heal by eight hit points. Thank you, Demean. I don't have many spells, but I do have a few at least. Do we want to wait an hour, or do we want to try our luck? Time could be of the essence here. If we're all pretty patched up, I say we go. Yeah, I'm pretty patched up. I'm good to go. Very well. All right. I will pick back up the torch, relight it. You guys still want me in front, even though we don't know where we're going now? You seem excited. Far be it for me to rain on your parade. Hey, I would like it to be noticed that I successfully figured out how to open the glass window. You also figured out how to light the braziers. I did good. I lit them. So good. I've already started walking through, Tony. Demean will start behind you. (laughs) (laughs) There's actually enough space that you guys, it's not a tight squeeze here. This is one of the few tunnels that isn't super tight. Also, Auric, due to your stone cutting, this looks carved, not burrowed. So this was probably part of the building, not something caused. It looks intentional. Got it. You guys begin to proceed down the tunnel and continue on as you continue to move. It takes you guys a while. You're traveling through this tunnel for several hundred feet. Eventually, you notice ahead, the tunnel seems to open up into what looks like partially destroyed structures on either side, but this could have once been a marketplace of some sort. It looks mostly like it's fallen into disrepair, and looking around, you see few skeletal forms kind of on the ground here and there, just scattered, any sort of clothing long since decayed, but just an air of uncomfortable silence fills what seems like should have very much been a very busy street at one point in the past that's just utterly silent. Most of the buildings have destroyed. You see a couple of branching roads off to your south and some to your your north and that veer off to the, the west. So, any idea which way we should go? I peer down the branches to kind of see if I hear any like noises coming from... Roll Perception. 
24. 7. 11. Leuven, you don't hear anything. It's real quiet. Auric, you think you see some smudge on your shield? <gasps> this must be taken care of. Elaine, you do hear something. You hear motion and movement coming to the northwest of you. It sounds like it's coming down one of the, the paths that way. Something moving about, but you do hear voices as well. Not whispers, but the occasional like, okay, back, back, back inside. Hold them off. And you hear a click of what sounds like a crossbow being fired and something breaking and scattering. So I would motion in the direction of the northwest and say there's definitely a number of creatures that way. Something's happening. I don't know if we approach, if they're on our side, if they're on the other side. What What do you guys think? Thoughts? From what you're saying, someone might be in trouble. Yeah, but that someone could be hobgoblins. Do you know hobgoblins to speak common? I don't know. I don't know many hobgoblins. I think, yes, somebody might be in trouble. We should definitely get close enough to check. And then I don't want to jump into a fight that we don't need to. I can't look the other way if somebody's in danger either. What if that somebody is something that we don't want to be friends with? Well, then I might turn the other way, but... But for now, let's maybe move in that direction at least. So we'll scuttle up to the northwest. Okay. You begin to make your way towards the northwest. And as you are heading in that direction, the rest of you begin to hear it a bit more clearly. It sounds like some sort of scuffle or fight is happening. You notice these crisscrossing streets and stairs that lead like up and down towards different homes and a couple of different walkways. Walking through, you start to round a corner. And as you do, you notice about half a dozen skeletons going up to what looks like a former home. This door's like half destroyed and they're like whacking at it. You see a couple of the skeletons in the back firing a few arrows towards the door and towards these two open frames where windows once held. And for a brief moment, you notice a figure kind of pop out of the window and fire a crossbow bolt at one of the skeletons and breaks its shoulder as it's like kind of stumbling forward. And it ducks back around as a couple arrows fire out. You notice on the other side, a smaller figure that releases a little moat of flame to hit one of the other skeletons and an arrow from the back slices its shoulders and ducks back down below. And they keep pounding on the door. It looks like the door shifts slightly as if something's on the other side holding it, but pushing it back shut. Can we see the figures that are firing at the skeletons? You can attempt a perception check if you want to see them a bit more clearly. 13. 23. I got a six. Auric, there's a lot of skeletons. Lots of undead ahead of you. I got this, guys. Leuven, you see kind of one of the figures definitely is in like robes and you notice a tuft of like white hair and a little bit of a beard, but he ducks back away. The one with the crossbow bolt, you see it's a hand crossbow and he's wearing armor and seems to have a shield on his other arm, but he like pops out, fires and pops back away. Elaine, you notice the figure with the crossbow, elven features, kind of onyx black skin and long white hair of this elven figure kind of pop out as he fires and then pops back in. You notice the figure that seems to be a caster who's popping up this kind of short spiked bit of white hair and a thin white beard that's slightly pointed at the edge with a small like kind of walking stick or cane that he pushes himself up on to release a spell and then ducks back under. Roll intelligence for me. An unnatural 20. So the little shorter figure, they're called Darrow. They're descendants of dwarves 
from a long, long time ago. They're similar like Duragar, but they tend to be a little more eclectic and some would say crazy in their nature. The other figure is a drow. You notice there must be a third figure based off of the, your perception check. You notice this door that keeps getting bashed at and it's breaking, but someone is there kind of holding it because it keeps getting pushed back into place. But as you are watching this, as you realize this, you notice they're like, they're, they're fighting to survive right now. Looks like they may need help. I have something I can do that should take care of this if you'll let me. Go on. Can I get within 30 feet of all of the skeletons? As you start to approach, they start to, like, turn towards you, and you can get within 30 feet of all of them before doing this. Yes. I will get within 30 feet of them all, and then I will do my turn undead. The few of the archers towards the back start to turn to face you, and I'm making a few saves. Auric, you come forward. Grip your holy symbol. How do you want to do this for the sake of this massive display of power? I'll hold up, like, my hammer in the air. You'd be like, by the power of Yadumin, I command you to fall. And from his hammer releases a massive light of divine energy. And it just encompasses 30 feet around him. And when the light clears, you see ash and a single skeleton. After that dramatic display, I'm just like... Uh, yeah, okay, go away now. And I throw a, um, an alchemical acid at it. I failed. Fifteen. <laughs> so you hurl this alchemical acid as it, this skeleton turns to face Auric, and it just gets hit across the face with the acid and dissolves into a puddle. And I had pulled out a javelin, and so I going to take, like, a couple steps forward and, like, lob it at it. Oh, shk. I'll, I'll turn to Luvin and say, thanks for the assist. You're welcome. So as that all happens, there's a pause and you hear from one window. Wonderful. Well, we just killed the undead. Pops out really quickly. You see the Darrow kind of like squinting towards you. Well, we're not undead. So take that as you will. You see a hand kind of come out and, and put a, what looks almost like, not quite a claw, but like this big kind of clubbed green hand with like still small nails on the Darrow shoulders. Calm yourself, calm. Door opens and you see the third figure. It's a turtle. Just kind of come out and it's like, ah, blessed Fumera. Thank you for your assistance. Please let us introduce ourselves. I am Yopig. This is, and gestures towards the Darrow, Inca Urin. And kind of peeking out from the other window is the, the drow in a chain shirt and shield across his arm. And that is Yazgos. Like, ah, please. And the Darrow kind of hops around and just stares towards you. You notice, like, the eyes are pupilless, but he's able to see. He's, like, looking around at the four of you, and he just has this, this walking stick and just lumbers forward. Eh. So, who are you? It's like, Inca, give them a break. It's all right. Please, my apologies. Thank you for aiding us in this. Vumera has guided us to this place, and she must have sent you to aid us. So, we appreciate the help. It was actually Yadamin who sent me, but I get the point all the same. To each their own. Umera guides the natural world and the natural creatures within it, and therefore we are all under her protection, should she wish. By the way, I have the torch out. Do any of them kind of react to the light? The drow blinks a little bit in the light, but not heavily so. You notice, though, the ears aren't as pointed as most elves are. Half drow. Half drow. Huh. 
the drow seems to be sizing all of you up. Looks at Yorick for a moment, just slight like nod, like not bad, not bad. You notice he's staring at your armor. So if I do see that he's kind of definitely like squinting a little, I would try to like lower it so it's not like blinding him. He nods. Thanks. Sorry. I am not used to the darkness. That's kind of where I was born, so. But I do what I can. He um, kind of tucks his hand crossbow on a belt. And just, so what brings all of you here? Well, I'm, I'm definitely side-eyeing like the rest of the party. Like, we're looking for the vault still? <laughs> like The Daryl kind of pops up. Ah, uh, what are you looking for in the vault? Are you come to t- t- take any of the any of the so-called magic items that are here? Any of the artifacts? I'm like staring back and forth amongst you. No, we're not here to take anything, but could ask what you folk are doing here as well. Well, wouldn't you like to know what weird and a big like turtle paw hand goes on the head? Enough, Inca. They helped us. Yes, we are here in order to complete a job. Searching the area for what items we could to bring back for whatever we could get out of them. Are you hired by somebody particularly to do this? I don't know if you've heard of the city, but Lashara, it's one of our cities deep in the Underdark. There was rumor that this these ancient ruins held some magical items that could be worth something. So you came from the Underdark as opposed to the surface? Indeed. So, we told you what we're doing here, and you're here to find the vault. Is this the place that has the artifacts that we might seek? Uh, it's possible. Do you know where it'd be? Well, uh, the only uh, maps we had from other scouts of the area, and the turtle kind of reaches into its shell, pulls out a small strip of parchment and rolls it out, and you see a very, very crudely drawn map. Of the general, like, a couple of little labels here and there of, like, town center, throne, entrance, question mark, smithy, question mark. It's like, so it's supposed to be, and points to, like, the most northwesternly area up here. We've been trying to figure out how to get around to get there when that happened. But if it's the most northwest, this would be the easiest route to get there. And she's kind of pointing out and around. Well, it seems we're all heading in the same direction. We are going there for research purposes. I have no opposition to traveling together. It seems numbers might help us in a place like this. It's possible if there's more of these skeletons around. And at that, Yazgos just goes like, I'm not too worried about them. We can take them out. Can you now? I would definitely give him a look like, or don't. Stares at you like, I can. There's nothing I haven't been able to take down myself. Ah, it looked like you had that situation fully under control. Hand is going over Oryx's mouth. <laughs> I try and step in between their line of sight and go, uh, I'm moving Cromdell, and I extend my hand. Uh, hi, nice to meet you. And just kind of like, waves like, yeah. Do I get, yeah, whatever by all three of them? No, just by Yazgos. Yopig kind of extends her, her hand and just shakes, ah, pleasure. And you get a very firm grip <laughs> from the turtle. <laughs> I just... It's a pleasure to meet you. May Vumera bless you on this journey as well. I am Elaine Fox, and I would extend a hand. She shakes your hand. Ladero is like kind of half clutching its staff as it stares at you, and just so he points at you. Or you have that whole divine magic from a god thing, huh? I I be a cleric of Yadamine. My name is Auric Fireforge. Yeah, <laughs> it's sad. Go on. 
Well, you need all of this power from a god to help you deal with all the problems you have. And he gets actually like a smack on the back of the head from the torso. Inca, behave yourself. It seems to be working fairly well, especially in scenarios like this. Right, because you can't do it yourself. Another smack on the back of the head. Well, this hammer here says otherwise, but you're welcome to find out. Nope, nope. Inca starts to form fire in his hands. I can do things myself. I don't need a god to help me. Immediately clamp down on his arm from uh, (laughs) Yopik as like, enough. Oric, don't. (laughs) Time and a place for it. Time and a place. I have three more good berries, I think, left. I'm going to offer them up if they would like them. Thank you. And Yopig takes them and offers it to Inka, who's like, mm, takes it slowly, sniffs it, <laughs> then offers it to Yazgos, who's just like, shrugs and thanks. And he kind of just like leans back. Yopig just swallows it. Thank you. May Vimera bless you upon this journey. I suppose if we are to get going, we should. It is not safe to be here for very long. Nope. Quick question, Tony. Yes. About how long have we been traveling and doing everything for? It's been a few hours. Okay. Yeah, I think we should definitely push on as long as my companions are ready to go as well. Yeah, time seems to be of the essence, so I'm all for it. Yeah, as goes kind of hops, like, yeah, let's do this, take care of things, and we've got this done. I am ready if you are. Inka and just goes, yeah, whatever. Demean? Looks between the three of them. Yeah, that's, that's fine by me. And stares in confusion. As you three have the sort of map. Ah, we'll lead the way if that is all right then. You'd like to, by all means. And Inga goes, I'm watching. As a big, meaty tortle hand goes over. We're, we're going now. You three, you've been working together for some time? Bye for a bit. Yes. Pleasure to meet all of you. I don't know how much you know of Underdark groups and all of that. Do you? Must shake my head. I, uh, I'm a seafarer type. Uh, oh, I would have loved to see the sea. I've been on land for quite some time, but I felt the sea call to me. It does that. She's a fickle mistress, though. Vumera willing, I will be able to go to the sea one day. Well, we should press on. In case you ever happen to be in the Underdark, we are the Pummel Patrol. Stands up a little proud. Auric, what was that name you were working on again? Rumble Squad. It was Rumble Squad. Ha! We have similar thoughts. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules is Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to our DM, Tony at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. See you next time.